Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. I'm your host, Catherine Best Gordon. In today's episode, I break down Phil Mickelson's Coffee Fast. So I've been a lefty fan for a long time. I do play golf. I wouldn't really call myself a golfer. My husband's a golfer. His uh, handicap is about a 10. But I play golf, and I do play left-handed. Now, I am naturally left-handed. I was born that way. And one of the reasons I play golf left-handed is I learned to play tennis left-handed. So that made my left arm my dominant power arm. I tried to learn to golf right-handed. My dad tried to teach me that way. It just didn't work. Because my athletic ability in terms of, you know, driving that arm forward was really in my left arm. For Phil Mickelson, it was a little bit different. He is naturally right-handed, but he learned to golf by mirroring his dad. And then it stuck that way, and obviously it has continued to work for him. So that makes him a little bit different as an athlete. Now I feel a little bit different as an athlete and as a dancer and also as a person who talks about nutrition and lifestyle and fitness so that you can be healthy and happy and fulfill your dreams, have a full life. We call it flourishing. Just a few weeks ago, just recently, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship at age 50, and I am age 57, and I have a big fascination with people who continue to excel and perform and live that flourishing life after 40 and hopefully after 50, 60, 70, and beyond. So I was really fascinated to see him win that tournament. It was very exciting. Everybody pulls for Phil. And also to understand what was going on with his diet so that he could win that championship. And one of the things that fascinated me was that you may know that he suffered from psoriatic arthritis. He was diagnosed back in 2010 which is an inflammatory disease. And one of the things that I talk about in the Sugar Freedom program, and one of the reasons that I wrote Sugar Freedom was to manage inflammation, insulin resistance, and also manage the connection between those and appetite, overeating, obesity, storing fat, and also things like muscle pain, inflammation, and even uh, skin eruptions. Like my first indication when I was just a little child that I was having a problem with insulin resistance and problems with glucose was the fact that I suffered from eczema as a small child. And we're beginning to understand better and better the connection between skin, inflammation, fat storage, performance, mental performance, mental health, mental happiness. All of these things come together and they can all generally be improved usually with addressing inflammation, addressing insulin resistance. But today's episode is to really get into specifically what Phil Mickelson did and also to break it down nutritionally for you because that's one of the things that I do because I use fitday.com. And what I have for you is Phil Mickelson's Coffee Fast, also with a breakdown of the drink that he has in the morning during this Coffee Fast so you can learn about what he's doing. And uh, I, I, I like to say that I make demonstrations, not recommendations. My purpose with the Sugar Freedom Show is to talk about what's going on in health and nutrition today, lay it out for you, make a demonstration, but not a recommendation because I do believe that these strategies are very, very powerful, and I want people to talk to their doctors, talk to your nutritionist. We need to get on board. We need to partner with people in the healthcare profession so that they know what we're doing and so that we can get evidence 
on the table, on the books, so that people can say, I myself, for example, have been following a ketogenic nutritional strategy for 13 years now. And one of the big arguments against keto is that we don't have long-term studies on how they affect people. And I'm here to say I've been in nutritional ketosis most of the time for the last 13 years. And that's one of the reasons that I do these podcasts and I write my blog and I wrote Sugar Freedom at sugarfreedom.com is to demonstrate and lay out what people are doing in order to overcome obesity and the difficulties that come along with it. All right, so let's get into what's going on with Phil's Coffee Fast. I have an article up here by Sean Zach, and I want to give Full credit to Sean, because he wrote this article back in January of 2020, and it's on, let's see, golf. So you can look it up, um, Golf News, Sean Zach, and you can actually look up this article. So I want to make sure I give full credit to Sean. One of the things that I did with his article is he has laid out all of the ingredients in Phil's drink. But what I did is I went back and got the nutritional breakdown for you so you can have that information as well. So I'm actually going to start with what is in this drink. And the first thing I saw and the first thing I thought when I read this recipe was I thought about bulletproof coffee. This is going to be a little bit different. And I actually have not done bulletproof coffee. I tend to, um, when I do my ketogenic diet, I tend to naturally do intermittent fasting. I don't have to make myself do it. I just naturally only want two meals a day. I naturally want breakfast, naturally want lunch, and then I get on with my day. But this is an intermittent fast. So you have this drink in the morning and then the fast continues for six days. Here it is. 12 to 16 ounces of coffee, and Phil recommends Ethiopian beans, two to three tablespoons of MCT or XCT oil, a large scoop scoop of flavorless collagen protein powder, a dash of Himalayan pink sea salt, a small glass of almond milk, 200 milligrams of L-theanine, one tablespoon of Manuka honey, and one teaspoon of cinnamon. Now, of course, being the sugar freedom woman, the first thing I notice here is we've got some almond milk in there, which the the nut milks for me, the plant milks, um, I'm a little bit like, how can you really call that milk? I mean, basically, you're taking the nut and you're adding water and you're let's let's face it, you're processing it. But I need to tell you full disclosure, this is what is in the drink that he has is having. So I don't want to substitute what I do. I want to tell you what he's doing. And then, of course, there's Manuka honey in here, a tablespoon. And I'm like, wow, there's a tablespoon of honey in there. I wonder how that would affect my sugar addiction. But I have to remember, it's not all about you, Catherine. It's about your audience. But a lot of these these ingredients, very interesting, make me think about Bulletproof Coffee. And one of the other things it reminds me of is Brad Pilon's Eat, Stop, Eat, which I did back in 2008, and it was instrumental in my permanently overcoming obesity and also going through a physical transformation. But what Brad talked about was that you essentially you're eating one meal in a 24-hour period. So let's say you're going to eat breakfast, you're going to eat dinner. Let's, let's make an example. Let's say you're going to eat breakfast. So you get up in the morning, you eat breakfast, and then you don't eat again until breakfast the next day. And so you have that 24-hour fast. And what's really interesting about that is you might do a standard breakfast for somebody my size or even just a regular person. 
would be coming in at around 400 calories. And I actually had an argument with Brad Pilon in San Diego because his thinking during that time, and this would have been probably 2012, his, when he wrote Eat, Stop, Eat, Eat, his main position was that what Eat, Stop, Eat did is that it put you in enough of a calorie deficit to cause fat burning and weight loss. I had already come to the conclusion or come to the belief and was researching the idea that Eat, Stop, Eat was working because it was lowering insulin level. It was managing hyperinsulinemia. And I actually had a little bit of an argument with Brad. There I am, you know, a cocktail party, although at that point I wasn't drinking, talking about, no, it works because it reduces your insulin load. And he's like, no, it works because it reduces your calories. But we can all continue to research and disagree and try to find out the answers because really with me, in some ways, I'm like engineering things backwards. Um, my ability to overcome obesity came from putting together my thinking, my eating, my social connections and motivation, and also my fitness. So it was that combination of food, training, mindset, all of these things worked together, and then I kind of worked my way back. I reverse engineered. It's like, okay, I finally lost the weight. What were the most important elements? Was it, was it switching resistance training for cardio? Was it taking out the sugar and replacing it with making sure I got enough protein and enough fat, kind of going backwards trying to figure out, okay, this worked, and let's go back and see what those components were. My belief is, is that it's like a it's like four musical instruments playing together to make a symphony that you have to have the, the components. You're putting these components together. But I will agree that nine times out of ten, the most important component is going to be your nutrition. So let's go ahead. And so I've given you the ingredient list of the coffee drink. And let's go ahead and break down what's actually in it in terms of nutritional breakdown. So it's 400 calories, 18 grams of protein. 21.5 grams of carbs, interesting, and 37 grams of fat. So what you've got is that, you know, even with the honey, you've, you've got 21.5 grams of carbohydrates per day. And what is that? What is that, everybody? Yes, once again, that is Atkins induction way back. Dr. Atkins, when he wrote the Dr. Atkins New Diet Revolution, it was that 20 grams of carbohydrate per day total maximum that allowed the individual to get into nutritional ketosis. And then I want to talk about that Phil had uh, worked with our, the author of this article, had worked with Sean and had uh, told him to expect that the first two days were going to be really, really hard. You're going to feel terrible during those first two days. And then the third day, you're going to feel much better. My experience with this is that what he was dealing with is what we sometimes call the keto flu or the Atkins flu. And it is that transition from burning glucose to burning free fatty acids. And the body has to make that transition, get into the Krebs cycle and be able to break down free fatty acids and turn them into ATP for energy. So there's that component that you're feeling weak because you don't have the, you don't have the system's online to burn fat instead of burning glucose. And then the other aspect of the Atkins flu, the keto flu, is also a loss in sodium. 
So I do think it's important to notice that there is that pinch of Himalayan sea salt in the drink. I'm not quite sure that that would be enough sodium and electrolytes to keep keto flu or Atkins flu from happening. What I have told my sugar freedom readers is that if you start to feel weak and if you start to feel lousy the first two days because we do something called the sugar strike, that that's when you drink some broth. You can drink some chicken broth. You can drink some bone broth that does have enough sodium in it to replace the sodium, replace the electrolytes. And I have found with my readers and my clients, the people that I've worked with for many years, is that if you have that broth and you drink that broth, Typically, you're going to feel better in about 10 minutes, which is really awesome to have a, find a way to keep going. One of the biggest problems when you're trying to get off of sugar and grains and vegetable oils when you're trying to do this nutritional reset is that very often you get into this keto flu, this Atkins, Atkins flu, and you just you simply can't stand it. And so people just, they give up. They're like, this is too much. I can't do it. And so they completely just quit the diet. And you never get into that wonderful thing that I call keto euphoria because it's almost at that point where you, your body finally has access to its own free fatty acids, starts burning those, you, you start making ATP, that people never get to that point where you get that marvelous rush because all of a sudden inflammation is down, insulin is down, energy is up and wahoo, you're ready to go and you're ready to live and have fun and do the things that you love to do. So this is what happened with Phil and this is what happened with Sean is that they had these first couple of days, it was very, very difficult and then you go on and you feel so good. A couple of things that I find really fascinating though about Phil's protocol is that it lasts for six days. I don't know, I don't know if I could do that. I think one of the reasons I don't know that I would try it is because what I am doing is working and it allows me to have two meals a day and stay in a ketogenic state and do the things that I love to do and get my training in and get my writing and singing and shuffle dance in. So I don't know that it's really necessary for me to go in that direction. But I will say that very many people that I've talked to and that I have worked with, they talk about please, please, please just help me make it as simple as possible. So many people that I have worked with over the years, they do say to me, just, just tell me what to eat. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm not a registered dietitian or a medical doctor, so I can't tell you what to eat, but I can describe what I eat and what has been working. Um, I have a, you know, that First Amendment right to talk about my own experience but as we get into lay people like me, although I was a certified personal trainer, I basically, I'm somebody who comes to nutrition, I approach nutrition from the point of view of a stage performer. I'm a singer, a dancer, an actor. So my body is my medium. I have to be able to sing and to dance. And in many ways, that makes me similar to a sports figure like Phil Mickelson. It makes me similar to an athlete in that the body is the tool that we use to do our work and to be creative and uh, certainly a sports figure who is a competitive athlete. And also sports performance is, it is performance. People buy tickets, they come and watch because it is so exciting. So it's a very different point of view than a doctor 
or, or a registered dietitian or, or even a personal trainer. It is a point of view of, I need a body that can perform. And so this is what I do in order to have and create that body that can perform. And this is what Phil did. And of course, it resulted in an amazing achievement at age 50, winning the PGA Championship. Another thing that I would like to talk about, and of course, since this is only 21.5 grams of carbohydrates a day, he is definitely going to be in nutritional ketosis. And living living in keto, living as someone who is burning free fatty acids for fuel, one of the most important things that I notice is the clarity of focus, the ability to focus in on the task at hand, whether it's learning a dance step or whether it's learning musical notes, learning music, whether it's learning lines, is that very often this allows the focus that I need to do what I need to do. And if you think about golf, if you are a golfer, I just want you to take a moment to imagine the time that you spend addressing the ball. Hello, ball. You're standing there. You're getting ready. Either you're getting ready to putt or you're getting ready to tee off or you're playing your short game. And so much of our ability to play golf is our ability to quiet the mind, put the body into the proper position, and then simply follow the cues that you follow in order to hit the ball. And I'm thinking about, you know, some of the cues that that helped me. There's the old-fashioned cues that, like my dad taught me, keep your head still, Um, the way that you draw the club back, what putting this idea that the swing – the back swing is even with the forward swing, just all of these things that, that we remember that allow us to achieve a good golf shot. So much of the reason that we can do that is the mind needs to be quiet. It needs to be focused. And we also need to be able to leave distractions behind. I think as just a, a fun golfer, as a playtime golfer, like me, my husband plays a lot more. He plays three, three times a week. I don't necessarily have the pressure when I go out on the golf course. There isn't an expectation that I'm going to excel at golf. And very often when I do play with my husband, we play scramble. So we'll both hit a ball and then we'll just, whatever the best ball is, we'll go to that ball. So if I don't get very far with my drive or if I send it off into the trees, it doesn't really matter. I can do my shot, but then we walk up to the next shot. And then very often, sometimes, I get lucky or I do well, and we might play my short shots, you know, my pitching shots, or we might actually play my putt. So sometimes when I'm playing with my husband, I am actually a ball that gets used, but usually it's his. But one of the things that that does is it takes all of the pressure off me, and I can just enjoy the game. As you become a better golfer, and as you're keeping score and you're turning in your scores, obviously each shot is going to have more significance. There's going to be more pressure. And so as you get better and better, you need to be able to manage your mind, manage your thinking, and the man- manage what's happening to you mentally as you stand over that ball. And I think that this is one of the amazing things that for me, a, new- a ketogenic nutritional approach has made a huge difference in my life. And clearly, it's also made a big difference in Phil's because I also want to touch in on his diagnosis in 2010 of that psoriatic arthritis and just, you know, really suffering physically and having to confront this idea of, oh my goodness, I'm not be able, might not be able to golf at all. And uh, not to make it too much about me, but back 
in 2003 when I tried to choreograph again and I was still as at 5'1 and 165 pounds, you know, still in that obese category, breaking my foot in four places and realizing that if I did not make a change that I wasn't going to be able to choreograph anymore, I wasn't going to be able to teach or demonstrate dance and that if I wanted to do what I love to do, I was absolutely confronting the idea that I had to make a change in my fitness and my nutrition. And I do think that that is one of the things that is unique about performers, athletes, is that when push comes to shove and you look yourself in the mirror and you say, are you willing to sacrifice some of the variety in the way you eat or drink? Are you willing to sacrifice eating and drinking and sleeping the way everybody else does in order to do the thing that you love to do or do the thing that is your mission or do the thing that is your profession? Very often, this is the point at which we say yes. Next week, next Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, I am going to be bringing you my next episode, which is on lipolysis. We touched a little bit on the ideas of lipolysis changing into burning free fatty acids. And I really do think that it is important. I'm not going to make it too sciencey, but if you understand how fat gets broken down, released, and burned as energy, if you can understand the science of lipolysis, of fat burning, very often you can understand the science of nutrition and how what you eat has this very direct impact on whether you're going to burn fat, whether you're going to burn muscle, break down muscle, or whether you're going to be burning glucose or sugar, and also this understanding of how the byproduct of fatty acid metabolism can actually increase your motivation and your ability to stick to a diet. It really is amazing. Once you drill down on what is really happening when you burn free fatty acids, you come to realize why after a couple of days, sticking to a ketogenic nutritional approach actually is easier than following a traditional diet, especially if you're somebody like me who has the strong dopamine and serotonin reaction to sugar. If you react to sugar and grains and carbohydrates in that kind of euphoric way where you can't resist them, you come to understand why it is is that when you do transition to a ketogenic nutritional approach, all of a sudden willpower isn't an issue anymore because, well, we'll understand it with our next episode, Understanding Lipolysis, which comes next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, bright and early. I am Catherine Best-Gordon. I am the author of Sugar Freedom at sugarfreedom.com and also the author of Keep the Change, Transform Your Body for Good, available on amazon.com, second edition. That's the new one. Thank you for listening today. Tune into the next one. And also, I did not give the call-in number. I am going to give it next week because I am going to be adding, uh, answering Quora questions to my podcast. The call-in number is 347-850-1979 through Blog Talk Radio. And so next week, I do promise I'll go ahead and give that call-in number at the top of the show. And we see, we'll see if we can manage the new, which is the old-fashioned way, if you remember the old-fashioned radio stations, radio shows where people could call in and ask their questions. All right, that is it for me for today. And always remember, eat for yourself and train for what you love. And I'll see you back here 
I'll talk to you back here on the Sugar Freedom Show next time. Be well.